0: The Koy gig pod. There's
1: no way Arsenal would let her go. It's all kind of mind games going on, which is a lot of fun. Picked up more attention than any other actual transfer.
0: Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app. Now. OTB. AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Well, I'd say Derek McNamara is back with us to talk to us about the statistical breakdown. Derek, how are you? Fantastic, yeah,
2: very good. What um, a weekend.
0: Wales yeah. were as bad as you predicted they would be in that first half. I was like, oh, this is the difference between the two teams," yeah. as was um, uh, represented in stats.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it was interesting looking back on what we, what I showed you last week, and just you know, Italy. You know, number one carrying team from the Autumn Nations Cup. You know, anybody who saw that game could see how amazingly fresh and brilliant it is to watch the Italians run of people run it run in France. It was amazing, but it was it was very interesting to see um, Italy or France kick to the touch so often and give Italy the the set piece to go again and again and again, which was quite interesting. Which is something that was in the stats; so they, were, they kicked the touch most, the French. But it was no, it was a very interesting, very interesting weekend, and it was it was um, the French, and, or the Welsh, and the English are the the, the two teams that kind of coming off the worst. So, but yeah, no, we we broke down the game, we 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 did a very similar situation as last week where i think we have a, a slide here to show you guys
0: Yeah. the just first one
2: yeah. yeah so it's just uh, breaking down each team based on overall grade based on carrying uh, tackling rucking and passing so um, ireland well they're on top as you'd expect considering their their performance and um, they're number 1 ranked at tackling rucking and number 2 at passing uh, and then we're ranked number 5th at carrying um and then the French they're basically fourth, third third and first so passing would be their number one overall so trying to bring back same sort of stats same sort of analysis so that people become used to them become aware of what it is we're doing and kind of how we break it down
0: yeah okay Ireland are on top obviously after that performance is is there um, a a clear and obvious improvement in Scotland over the the period as well like is is there a possibility that's a one-off because they've had those one-off performances what are you seeing in the trends there
2: yeah, well, Scotland are the sort of team that tends to be hot and cold a little bit. You know, they have a very good pack. They are able to um, control the game. You know, they're, they're they're not the best passing team in the competition, but they've improved significantly over those three le- le- legs. But when we're, when we're looking at this analysis, when we're looking at this data, you always got to look at what's going on with your position as well. So England... Are like poor. They were really, really poor. They were poor at carrying. They were poor at tackling. They were poor at rucking. You know. So I understand that the, the English team are trying to, you know, pull back the reins a little bit and try to actually implement some some new changes after Eddie. But it's going to take time. You know. And I think that's something you see from both teams, the Welsh and the English, bringing in new coaches. Yeah. It's, it's no. There's no easy answer to any of these. Uh, putting 15 guys on the pitch. You know.
1: And I- Sorry, going there the, just that Irish tackling grid ninety seven point nine. Like yeah. that seems it, it, like Scotland are next to eighty eight point three, but that seems significantly higher. Is that just because? Yeah, the of the game yeah, grade? it's very
2: interesting. So what, what we look at when we're looking at tackling isn't just you know the, the, the ability of players to tackle. What we're looking at is the distance that the person's hit off the line, so to the game line. We're looking at uh, the distance of the actual tackle to. to from uh, contact to breakdown, mm. we're looking at their uh, overall ratio of tackles to missed tackles, and you know all of these different metrics that we put into just this grade. Ireland are at the top of all of them, right? And that's that's exactly what's represented here compared to England, who would be at you know at the bottom of missed tackles. They'd be at the bottom of uh, they're very um, stationary, not coming off the line and hitting, and also they're they're quite. Um, they're, they they absorb the tackles rather than breaking through and and uh, you know dominating tackles as, as as it was coined a couple of years ago so they, they, when we say Ireland are 97.9 they're there throughout that number because of the eight or nine different um, activities the qualitative analysis that we put into this number Ireland are at the top of nearly all of them and that's why they're represented
1: right. here it, it seems just like when you look at the English numbers, it, like it really does represent how weak they currently are yeah I think they're gonna they have problems like they had a lot of
2: injuries as well coming up to the actual competition you know and uh, up to the, the, the game um, they have a lot of players that they're picking that, that probably don't know what it is they're supposed to do and by Borthwick putting them into the team to begin with they're probably not entirely sure what it is they're supposed to be doing which is why Ireland are in such a
0: brilliant position because you know clarity of purpose everybody understands what the game plan is everybody understands what their role within the game plan is and look I mean I think to Borthwick's credit he has come in and said I'm a bit surprised at how uh, what exactly what I've inherited and you can see from the coaching changes mm. already they've announced that certain coaches are going to be leaving at the end of the Six Nations and he's getting his full team together Yeah. at the end of the season um, the Leicester boys are, are coming over and he's going to get the band back together and yeah, then yeah. you can start judging him
2: I know I, I to be honest I would much prefer to see Eddie Johnson sitting there <laughs> but you know and especially the way board is speaking and talking about bringing fans back and you know bringing pride and you know back into you know, bringing a pride into the jersey again is something that Eddie Jones didn't speak about and it's, you know it is unfortunate for us leading into the World Cup but whether or not they can pull it together
0: by then is is a big question Yeah, know. it'd be some turnaround from here to there to get to a position where you're actually competitive in a World Cup quarter-final, semi-final, and final yeah.
2: yeah, well like you think about it, it it was South Africa that were able to pull this off this time last or four years ago so they're just trying to follow that but you know staff got a completely different situation where they, they slightly continued. longer
0: period as well for Razzie yeah, to come yeah. in and like Razzie had obviously been eyeing that job up for a long time and yeah, yeah, um,
2: yeah the players is a bit, bit smaller but a bit more cohesive if that makes sense because they're, they're playing in smaller number of teams and stuff like that so
0: yeah I'm actually a bit more worried about Scotland all of a sudden being really good in the World Cup year you know and it's actually not really suddenly either they have been slowly evolving a bit of depth and players are now fitted yeah so they, they do have genuine depth in that squad.
2: Let's wait until next weekend. Let's let's we can come back and have a proper chat okay. about this when we when we okay. have uh, we have more analysis in it. But uh, I I think Scotland are this this was a good game by Scotland, but more more so it was a poor game by England. And you could probably say that a little bit about Ireland, but we did take that into consideration.
0: Okay, uh, what what's next then?
2: Yeah, so basically we do you know what we there was so much talk around the back row and about Doris and about um, Van der Fleer and when. So our analysis is based on everything. It's not just based on the tries or the carries or the things that people see that people go, wow, that's really cool. You know, the analysis that we look at, we look at absolutely everything. So when we actually threw it into our analytic uh, front-end platform that this is what teams use, um, so basically this is a, this is showing the quality of performances from players 1 to 15. And what we have kind of highlighted here is Peter Manny And Peter Manny basically was graded the highest of all the back rows in the game, from, from Saturday's game. She he is actually graded the highest of all the players? No, in? of all the uh, all the packs, sorry. We've pack, uh, got, right. um, got basically Hugo Keenan, a fullback who had an immaculate game as well. Uh, but when you look at the actual forwards, um, it's Peter Omani who actually graded
0: the highest. Okay, so Keenan did deserve the Man of the Match awards.
2: Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Right. So and what, what, what this analysis shows us is... Um, players make mistakes and mistakes could be coming inside on the rook they could be a bad pass they could be lots of different things but without taking it all into consideration basically you, you don't know this you, you know people would have said that it was money had a kind of Quiet game and didn't play that much in the game. But when we go to the next slide, we can actually see that he is involved in nearly everything. You know, he's involved in carrying, rooking, you know, hugely impl- instrumental in, in the lineouts. He's uh, involved in tackling, involved in blocking, involved, involved in defensive lineouts, a little bit of passing, but not much. But the point is, is that he is, he had an immaculate game. He didn't have any mistakes in the whole game and nobody's talking about it. And it's like, come on lads like
0: that, that, credit is where credit's you there's definitely um, a view that the back row is largely in situ we know exactly who's going to be playing if Conan comes in Doris will move to six and Omani will be gone no one's ever taken Josh Fleer's position and the one under pressure is Omani because it's not just Conan who might come in uh, there, it could be Baird it could be any any combination yeah. he's the one who's at risk and you are actually saying no, hang on a second his performance is actually Quite far ahead of everybody else. It's, it's not
2: well. It's just from this game, from this, this sure. weekends, from yeah. this weekends. But it's it. The point is, is that that these three guys are working in unison. They're working together. We need to basically understand what it is these guys do, so that anybody else that comes in
0: has and, to at least reach yeah. it or exceed and, it.
2: And that's what the next slide is doing. And that, you know, um, people can go in and use the, a, a version of this using our ReactorBeat.com. So we have a free um, analysis. Uh, tool for people to go in and, and uh, help them understand which are, who are the best players, so users can go in and, and use this analysis. But this is just a kind of breakdown of what
0: each player is doing. So, so for our uh, audio listeners, <laughs> yeah. you've got pie charts of Omani, Van der Fleer, and Kalen Doris, and you show the different like I don't know, is there ten criteria there? That there yeah, these been?
2: are all the kind of fundamental s- uh, skill sets. So, like in tackling, we have tackling, tackling assists. Um, in carrying, we've you know, our rooking, we've counter rooking, rooking line lineate lifting and throwing. Mm. Uh, defensive line. So the, the, these are kind of like an amalgamation of lots of different activities into one different categories.
1: You know, during a game, Derek, say when um, you know coaches are trying after fifty, fifty-five, sixty minutes deciding who's coming off and who's staying on. Mm-hmm. Like clearly, some of these skills and activities are more physically arduous than others. So yeah. I, I guess carrying and passing aren't maybe as, as tough on the body as the mall or, or rucking or tackling. Yeah. So like if if a certain players' percentages in say mall or tackling are higher than others, mm. could that could they? see these stats and maybe use that information to decide who comes off or is it i know of course age comes into it as well but it certainly would be indicative as to who should be more tired than someone else i wouldn't even say
2: age comes into it that much i I, like you know this is probably something for a a longer version of this because it's you know we have the data here i can walk you through exactly what it is you know we've we've a front-end system where we can look at the performance of an individual player throughout the entire game so, but we, what we do is we take the activities themselves and the grades to get to split the analysis. Now it's bit, going to be a little bit more tactical stuff, but we we basically split the game into kind of four four kind of categories, you would call them. So, tactical, technical, physical, and mental. So, if they make mental mistakes, we identify that. If they make, if they're physically involved in the game, we identify that. So, all of these metrics,
0: we're able to pull apart and put together again. Um, and, and I presume if you're a team, you're overlaying the uh, the data that's coming from the GPS with this yeah. type of thing to show. You could,
2: yeah, definitely. But um, and I suppose Andrew Porter, who who had a few errors uh, <laughs> during the weekend, you know, just after halftime, and this is something we're going to talk about a little bit later on, is just around the, the new rules that have been brought in and how that's affected the game. But... That's that. Those are the signs of um, people not being fit enough, or lose, or maybe taking a knock. Is those or fatigue, know, fatigue, yeah, yeah. Which is they're going in they're, they're making tackles where they over the try line, or they're knocking the ball on, or they're doing two or three things in a row that are mistakes. That that's that should be an identifier rather than age or you know previous experience. But we, what we do is we can show the basically the performance of a per, player. Over the entire game, over an entire season, and identify trends of whether they're losing their their their, game, their their work rate, basically.
0: Okay, um. So the back row seems to work perfectly in concert together. You yeah. want those uh, different graphs to show different things. Yeah, and that's why this trio is. Yeah, and
2: like Fleer, So they're they're different types of players. Um, you know, Fleer and Ken Doris would be much more dynamic players. You know, because they're doing a lot, they're doing bits of everything. They're they'd be ranked top players based on tackling, carrying and rucking and line outs. while Peter Manny would you know he'd be much more involved in just rucking, line and carrying but a lot of that stuff is behind the scenes it's not the stuff that you kind of go oh jeez that was brilliant mm-hmm. but that's the stuff that really is important to, to help the guys score the tries. So well, Manny's still playing at his peak. I yeah so. well he did in this game now he yeah. got taken off kind of reasonably early but I suppose it's, it's better to keep him
0: fresh for the the challenge ahead. okay so what's the the next one
2: yeah so um, the next one is a bit I I should have done a little bit more work on this but uh, basically what what, what World Rugby are trying to do is trying to increase the amount of time that's happening in the game so we look at kind of three separate metrics there's the overall 80 minutes that's expected to be of the the game then there's the minutes that the players are on the pitch so you know, that's gone up to 105 minutes in some games, so that's an extra 25 minutes where the players are on the pitch. Those two data points are not really useful for teams, for players. What's useful is understanding when the ball goes into play and when the ball goes out of play and stitching them all together. Um, and in the, whatever, 15, 20 games that we did in 2022, the average time of ball in play was only 30 minutes. So that's where the ball was in play for just for... Um, And when we look at Ireland, you know, their their ball in play was 33 minutes. So they rank number one of all the teams that are in this compared to France who are ranked like third or fourth. Okay? Or third or fourth last, should I say. So basically, Ireland like keeping the ball in play. If you keep the ball in play, you're able to um, kind of uh, uh, implement your game plan, which is high tempo, high work rate, to try and cause mistakes based on fitness, based on performance. And and when we look at 2023, and after these three games, there's only
0: a small set. Does this connect to your earlier point about France kicking the ball out?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. So the exactly. So they they, they like to reset. They like to to um, That's get Edwards. territory. Is it like a um, French pro- rugby? It's French rugby. Like if you watch French rugby, it's a lot. But like that 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 would be a strategic game plan. Is going to the corners or going going out of play compared to other teams like Wales. Wales played into Ireland's game plan by kicking the ball in play and keeping Mm. it in play. If we want to play France and we want to beat France and we want to implement our game plan, we
0: keep the ball in play as much as physically possible. See, it's tricky, right? Because Mm. you're then kicking the ball back to that French back three who Mm. are pretty good at at that bit. Like, they get the ball and they're not going to kick it to our back three. They're going to kick it out because... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no. Well, like I, I, w- I would our game plan plays into some of their strengths. I would
2: argue with that a little bit. I think we have this general understanding that Fr- Le France, or, you know, play this expansive game plan, but they well, don't.
0: It's not expansive though. It's counterattacking. Right when, when we yeah. Ago, so even Jalabert at the weekend um, just comes off the bench, and his immediate instinct when he gets the ball is to.
2: Yeah, but um, the, I don't know what the guy's name is. The fullback for uh, Toulouse, he's not an attacking. 15 he's a kicking to 15 he, he kicks a goal and he kicks a touch and he's he, he, he's able to catch the ball but he, he wouldn't be an attacking threat personally I don't think that they're that big of a threat uh, what their big threat is is by
0: um, spoiling your line out
2: yeah spoiling your line out putting pressure on uh, the opposition playing slow melodic, melodic game plan Everybody knows what it's supposed to do, but it's no, nothing too expansive or extraordinary
0: compared to Ireland. Ireland would be much more strategically um, difficult to play. A piece in one of the papers today that they'd hmm. um, gone out of their way to sign one of the uh, South African coaches who's the architect of how South Africa play, and I was like, that doesn't really make that much sense. But actually, what you're saying is that it's very South African in style. Right? That's very French. French rugby
2: as a whole isn't very flamboyant. You know, in the top of 14, it's bang, Amazing bang.
0: marketing, then, they have, like... But, like, know,
2: we've been brought up to think of Flair and, you know,
0: Philippe Saint-André or Philippe Sella. Serge Blanco. Yeah, Serge But Blanco. it's all bullshit. Is that what you're saying? Largely. Um, Apart from a few moments here and there. I don't insult any French people. Well, we're, there, it, there. Are <laughs> we're,
2: we're, we're just we're holding a
0: mirror I up, up them to them. This week we can. We want them
2: to help, help, help France. But <laughs> the idea is is that the, the information here, though, is will be trending very much to improving... Ireland's chances, OK? Because Ireland's Ireland's whole game plan is, is very similar to Leinster, Leinster, which is ball on time play, put under pressure, put teams under pressure, ensure that you you know have the ball in the right places so that you can strike and pick and drive when necessary or off the nine if necessary and then off ten when necessary. These rules and these implementation of these rules by the referee... Is a massive plus for Ireland. You know, there's, been, you know, when we look at actually production and the amount of uh, grades or the amount of output that each team implements, there's a 34 percent increase in the amount of activities that are happening in the game based on these rules from this weekend's games.
0: So the rule changes are actually working.
2: Yeah, now, now there's there's drawbacks to that as well. You know, there's there's and things that, that I haven't shown yet, which is injuries. You know, Ireland are really lucky in the first game that they didn't get any injuries. As soon as you get injuries, your, your whole game plan changes mm. because you have to shuffle around what you're going to do. And that's what this weekend, that's what, what I'm hoping, well, not that I'm hoping, what I, what I predict is going to happen is, is that France are going to come out of the blocks many miles an hour, Ireland weather the storm. Even if they go behind by a significant margin, I think Ireland in the second half will you know, you know, it doesn't matter if they, what the six what is a 6-2 split of, of pack, Ireland, if they or if they're able to keep the ball in play and they're able to implement their strategy and they're able to actually spread the ball around like they have done over the last twelve months, then I, I don't see France living with Ireland.
0: Okay, so a furious comeback in the second half that is successful finally for Ireland.
2: Well, if Ireland go out and win it from the start, I'll be happy with that as well. You know, it's not it's, it's not just the <laughs> second half. But I, I, the, the the point is though is that the rules that have been implemented by World Rugby. Have seen a, a significant increase in ball and play, which is around twenty-one percent. Like, think about if you were expected to do twenty-one percent extra time each morning on your work. Sometimes we do, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we do, it's yeah. Sometimes we do, yeah. It's, it's, but it's, it's significant. It's, yeah. it's, um, but the, the 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 other side of it as well is is that Ireland haven't increased compared to the rest of the teams. It's the other teams that are catching up to Ireland. Ireland, this is now time for Ireland to to put their foot down and actually you know because um, the referees have a big massive impact on this it's the referees who are
0: allowing know, this happen
2: yeah well they they're implementing it these are yep. new rule changes it's the rules of the referee to or it's the job's it's the job of the referee to, to implement the rules of the game so, but it's Ireland, it's Ireland's opportunity to get to the line ends quicker it's to get to the to set the scrum quicker, kick off quicker everything else we are
1: getting know. some unexpected opportunities to see more Connor Murray stats. I know we had some numbers of him last week, but yeah. didn't expect that the first two games and yeah. so it appears that he'll be playing again this weekend, so we'll have plenty more numbers to...
2: yeah no well we might we might come back to that I suppose it's it's looking at the games from a whole and a higher level and, and trying to make it somewhat more um I suppose easier to digest. Yeah. Because like a lot of this stuff is nobody else is really talking about. Yeah. So
0: Well I think the Amani stuff is really interesting because I yeah. I think there's a general sense of sports fans after a period of time people want to see the shiny new thing but like yeah. be very careful hasten slowly yeah but uh, it's that
2: all of them working in conjunction it's not just Peter Armani it's it's Peter Armani doing something slightly differently to to Ken and Doris and Doris doing something slightly different and that's a perfect
0: dynamic yeah 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 absolutely. for now anyway uh, yeah. alright Derek good stuff uh, reactrugby.com for anybody who wants to use those tools yeah yeah and any teams any professional teams out there looking for
2: this type of analysis <laughs> give you get a call get in touch yeah we're ready to go raise the rock OTB
1: AM with Gillette Get into your flow with the new
0: Gillette Lobs Razor with exfoliating bar.